This week's episode of Greetings from Storybrook is brought to you by Dog Boy, Danger on Liberty Pier by Bill Meeks, a new superhero adventure. Sometimes the murder isn't the mystery. Find out more at dogboyadventures.com. Once upon a time, there was a vain queen who was so jealous of her beautiful stepdaughter, Snow White, that she poisoned her with an apple. But a handsome prince came along and broke the spell. Snow White and Prince Charming threw the wicked stepmother down a bottomless pit and lived happily ever after. But it turns out the pit wasn't bottomless, just very deep. And now the queen was very mad. But a spell so powerful, even she couldn't control it. She put the Charming to sleep for a thousand years. She also got herself at one war. Eventually, they woke up. Greetings from Storybrook. I'm Bill Meeks, and Anne-Marie isn't here right now. Uh, she'll, she'll be here in a minute, though. Uh, this is a special episode. Uh, a couple weekends ago, we were invited by a constant fan of the show and great friend of ours, Hope Mullinex, to be on her podcast, Hope of All Trades, to discuss Once Season 3. Now, Hope's show isn't as uh, family-friendly and as clean as our show usually is. I so you know if you have little kids around or you're offended by such things, I I would suggest you know maybe just waiting. And uh, tomorrow we're gonna have another special episode that features an interview with me and Anne Marie that we did a couple months ago for uh, a website. Uh, but I I d- decided just to include the first hour. And if you want to listen to the rest of it, uh, you can go to twotruefreaks.com and uh, look for the show Hope of All Trades. It's the uh, Once Upon a Time season three. Uh, special. I'll, I'll also try and put a link to that in the show notes for this episode. And before we get into that, uh, you know, obviously, Once Wonderland and uh, Once Upon a Time are both coming back this week. So we will have a new episode out Saturday night. Uh, we're going to have a guest, uh, Anne-Marie Davilar, I believe. I, I It's been a while since I said the name out loud. We talked to her all on the, out loud, rather. We talked to her all the time on Twitter. Though. Look at me getting all tongue-tied. The thing is, I'm here by myself. Anne-Marie is usually here, so I usually have someone to bounce off of so i'm just rambling uh, right now uh, one thing i wanted to point out uh right here at the top before we get into it is that my book uh dog boy danger on liberty pier is still available and uh, we still have some coupon codes for you i've went ahead and opened up a couple more free copies and uh we also have a 99 cent discount that you can use by going to bit.ly slash once dog boy now if you're unfamiliar with the book basic premise there's a 13 year old superhero named bronson black he has magical powers and magical tricks which he uses to fight crime it's basically the hardy boys but hopefully a little less crap uh, and with superheroes uh, so you know go ahead and check it out if you'd like again that's bit.ly slash once dog boy and to get a free copy uh, there's two available you can use the coupon code greetings from storybrook one and to get 99 cents off you can use the promo code greetings from storybrook two until march i think i have it until the 20th or so we're also going to have a promo for the first book den of thieves coming up next weekish. I, I think march 11th to march 15th it's going to be free on amazon so you know definitely check that out dog boy den of thieves okay well, I guess that's it. We'll go ahead and get into Hope Show. And if you're easily offended, I would turn the thing off right now. Hi, everyone. Welcome. 
welcome to a brand new episode of Hope of All Trades. My name is Hope Malnax. I am the host of this awesome podcast show of awesome. And today we're doing something really exciting that I've been so excited to be able to do. But I've been wanting to do a roundtable for a while now. Why not do a roundtable about one of my favorite shows? I've talked about it so many times. Once Upon a Time. Woo! Yay! And as you can hear, I have kidnapped three people, and I'm holding them hostage in my basement, and my cats are, like, rubbing on them and making them sick, and we're not feeding them until they talk about once upon a time. I would like to first introduce Bill and Anne-Marie from Greetings from Storybrooke podcast. Hello! Hello! I, I, can you uh, loosen these ropes on my wrist? They're, they feel just a little tight. I'm bleeding! I'm bleeding! No, but that isn't bleeding through the title of one of the episodes. Spoilers. Maybe. maybe. Spoilers. And then my other guest is, has, was on my Tea with Anthony show, the amazing Anthony Simontilli. I really hope I just said that right. You said it right. Yes! Hello. <laughs> now, for people who haven't heard either Greetings from Storybook or heard my episode with Anthony, uh, would you guys all like to give a little intro to each of your awesome Once Upon a Time trades? I guess we'll start with Greetings from Storybook and then Anthony. I'll, I'll let you take this one, Anne-Marie, because oh, I know okay. you've had had a, a decent amount of magic juice. So. Don't talk about my magic juice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we do a weekly Once Upon a Time podcast. Well, we're on hiatus right now, so we've only had a couple episodes. But we do do a podcast about Once Upon a Time and Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. Sometimes we like doing that one. Sometimes we hate it. <laughs> well, let's not talk about that yet. We'll get there. You can find that at greetings from storybrook.com, of course. This isn't the promo part of the show. But well, I will have every part of the, the show. show. <laughs> the more promos, the better. <laughs> but yeah, as for me, well, this is Anthony again. And uh, my Once Upon a Time thing is an online tea business, which is done through adagiotees.com. And so basically how it works is there's a whole bunch of fandoms on that page. And one of the fandoms that I've gotten myself most involved with was the Once Upon a Time one. So what I like to do is just sort of create blend concoctions that sort of go along with each, not each of the characters, but as many characters that I can sort of think of a good blend concoction to go for and such. And some of the actors do have your teas. Yes, they do, which just puts the jam on my toast. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, Anthony, I miss talking to you because you're such an adorable baby face. (laughs) So good to talk to you guys again, too. (laughs) (laughs) So why are we doing this podcast right now? Like, of course, Anne-Marie mentioned that we are on hiatus. We've been on a three-month hiatus. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So depressing. Hey, guys. The eternal September, I call it. I I can't. I, it's been okay for me because Sherlock was on hiatus for two years. <laughs> oh well, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like three months. Psh, I'll work and I'll be fine. <laughs> hey, I'm. It's been 15 years and I'm still waiting for the last season of Lois and Clark. So. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I always hear people talk about Fireflies on perpetual hiatus. So. <laughs> but uh, the new uh, season three B, as I like to call it is right around the corner. It's on March 9th, and we're going to get the rest of the season, no hiatuses, no interruptions. We'll see how well they do that, because I said that for 3A, and we still got a couple weeks off. But mm-hmm. we're going to see how well it goes, and we're going to be talking about Season 3 so far, and we're also going to be talking about Season 3B and our theory speculations. And just a warning, guys, this episode will have spoilers, 
If you haven't seen 3A, stop listening. If you don't want to know about 3B... If you haven't 3B, watched it, why are you listening? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And if you don't want to know anything about 3B, we'll do another spoiler warning before we talk about that kind of stuff. What did everybody like about this first overall half season? Like, what were some of your favorite episodes, moments? Uh, let's do ladies first. Anne-Marie. Okay. So Neverland, I have a love-hate relationship with. I love where it got us, but it dragged on forever for me. Because Robbie Kay, amazing, absolutely fantastic. But I, I didn't like the island. I, we didn't get what I wanted out of it, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, what were some of your favorite episodes over the, the course of 3A? Uh, see, asking me specifics. I don't retain that well. Uh, <laughs> I sort of like the part where there were fairy tale characters. There, fairy, there was some magic involved. I don't know. Listen, the magic juice is flowing up here. My favorite one was the one with Peter Pan. Oh, wait a second. That was awesome. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like that one with Emma. Yeah. Oh, that- Emma and Peter Pan. Whoa. There you go. Have they ever done an episode that didn't have Emma in it? I don't think they have, have they? No. I don't think no. they have. I don't think they really could. Because, yeah. well, Savior. I, I argue that I would love an entire spinoff of just, like, stuff with minor characters and have them <laughs> for the main... that I'd be okay with. I would love that. So, yeah. So I, I could do a few episodes without Snow Charmings and stuff. Snow Charming. We're not going to talk about that at this point in time. <laughs> oh, we'll see. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a little tired too. I, Adam woke me up this morning, and it's not every day. I saw you can, that. I it's saw not... it before you responded, and I was like, "Oh, she's gonna be happy this morning." I mean, it was one of those things. I was just like, "Adam Horowitz, I love you, but why are you waking me up at nine a.m.? <laughs> <laughs> I just went to bed like three hours ago." <laughs> but I guess I shouldn't complain. Not everybody can say that Adam Horowitz wakes them up in the morning. <laughs> All right. Uh, what about you, Anthony? What were some of your favorite parts of Neverland? I'd have to say that the three B, if you divide, I guess, all the seasons into A and B halves, I think three B is probably one of my favorites because I think only like one and a half episodes come to mind that really just didn't settle with me. But I think if I had to pick a favorite, are you saying? Or, do you mean three A? Oh crap! Yeah, I was going to say yeah. <laughs> so, um, well, we- Anthony got in a TARDIS and like solved all the episodes already. <laughs> I was going to say, Anthony, why are we recording a podcast and not watching 3B? Because obviously you haven't. Well, I'm being chained up in this dungeon, so I'm not so inclined to share. So I'll torture you for episodes. That's true. Uh, that reminds me. Watch out for that rat over there. He's been looking at me kind of weird. Oh, yeah. He's been nibbling on my toes. It's I mean, of... it's me, though. It's love nibbles. <gasps> oh. He just wants his cat back. <laughs> I'm sorry, Anthony. Go ahead. No, it's okay. Um, so let me fix that alphabet mishap over there. Season three A, A. Um, I think maybe, but I'd have to. Can I give it a tie between Dark Hollow and Going Home? Because I don't think I could. I could pick one over the other. I just, to me, those episodes had so much. Like this is gonna sound a little corny, but I love the teamwork aspects of the show. Like with um, an apple's red as blood, where they're you know storming the castle together. I just love it when like they band together and they kick ass, and it's just it's so epic. I I love stuff like that. So yeah. 
By the way, you guys can totally, if you want to, swear my my show. It's okay. I was just about to say, I was like, what is the cursing policy? We didn't ask that. I I have done everything from talking about how I wanted to sit on Tom Hiddleston's face to, like, swearing about every curse word you can think of. (laughs) Okay. As long as it's not, like, racial slurs, I don't care. Well, that would best not happen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was a section when I was recording with Bree and Alex on an episode. We talked about who was the kinkiest character in Storybrooke and how... uh, (laughs) Uh, Archie is probably like the closet kinkiest character (laughs) so it's okay we can we can go there in my show well gosh the x-rated version (laughs) I know we might have to edit gosh I'm darn glad that we can curse on here Hope really uh I don't know it's really flipping great (laughs) (laughs) alright what about you Bill what were some of your favorite points of uh, season 3 I hated the entire season. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Peter, Peter Pan. Some people have hated this entire half season. They have. There, there is some haterade flowing out there. My favorite is when they're like, Peter Pan is not like the movie version. Well, I'm sorry. You're three seasons and once upon a time. I'm pretty sure you should know this by now. The thing is, and this is what I've said about Peter from the beginning is Peter Pan is exactly like the movie version. We're just seeing it from the adults point of view. We're not seeing it from the point of view, oh, the kids are getting one over on the all the adults, and all the adults are lame. We're seeing, man, this kid keeps freaking biting at my ankles. What's going on here? You know, like, we're seeing Peter Pan from the perspective of the adults that he's uh, getting one over on. <laughs> so, you know, he, 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 I, I, that's one of the things I liked about it, actually, was just that it felt like the portrayal uh, felt so true to the character. I, I guess, uh, you know... When he was actually older, the the Malcolm version of the character, he was just a complete slime ball. And you saw that a little bit in Going Home in that scene uh, in Gold Shop. Uh, You saw a little bit of that slime ball come through. But, you know, for for a big part of it, like uh, the the Peter Pan uh, portrayal, it was just like it it was so true to the character while kind of just like twisting it and, I don't know, making it a little darker, which I, I really like. And I also really liked the uh, dynamic that popped up between Charming and Captain Hook. Too. Yes, my Davy Jones ship. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Davy Jones ship. Like I'm the captain of that friendship ship. <laughs> I love it. Nice, but I, I yeah yeah it was it was just it was really interesting to see that de- develop because I don't think the characters had had too many run-ins outside of Hook being like, what the hell is this guy doing here, you know, when we're trying to deal with, uh, you know, everything else that's going on last season, right? And it, it was kind of cool to kind of, you know, see see them form that uh, early bond that will blossom into a father and son-in-law bond, I'm sure of it. Oh, oh don't even go there. It hashtag Captain Swan. Uh-huh. Oh, we're talking hashtags already. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I actually really appreciated that relationship as well because I argued through most of the season through that Charming had no guy friends. He did need a good guy friend. Yeah. yeah. Because like we see, and I, I still argue Emma doesn't really have any lady friends either. Emma has she zero doesn't. friends. After she doesn't she, know how to be a girl. I mean, but even after losing uh, August, she really doesn't have many friends because we don't really have Ruby. She doesn't hang out with anybody but Mary Margaret, but Mary Margaret became her mom, so she lost her friend there, and then she lost August. Like, Emma has no friends. There hasn't been time for friends. (laughs) They've been busy saving people's lives, defeating uh, shadows, you know. 
Yeah, but like one of my least favorite things that got cut out out of the Girls Night Out, Out episode, there was a scene where Archie and David actually were at a bar together and they were talking about David's affair and he was getting advice from Archie about how to go about this. Nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. Was that like on a DVD or just like no? Raphael Sabarge uh, actually once podcast interviewed out Raphael Sabarge and he was telling them about that scene that caught out got cut oh, out yeah. and it was never there's still promo pics of it like if you Google like like Archie and David and, and like the title episode you can find the promo pic for it it was it just it never made it to a DVD or anything. Mm, so there's needed scenes that aren't even on YouTube or recorded. Um, the one that I want to know the most about two years later is in Hattrick. August is standing outside of Jefferson's door. Uh-huh. What happened in that conversation? <laughs> I, just, I, need to know. I, I can't imagine what interest you would have in a scene like that. Hope, honestly. I mean, no. I mean, Jefferson's not my favorite character, and I'm not wearing Sebastian Stan on my shirt. What of it? <laughs> Hey, but, is Sebastian Stan in the cell over there in the dungeon? I see no. him. I see him over there. Shh, don't tell anybody. He's over there with Tom Hiddleston. Uh. <laughs> no lie. We actually, in one of my episodes, uh, we were talking about, um, it's my episode, if you guys look it up, it's called, it's in our general post of our Two True Freaks podcast. And I think it's called, like, Hope and Chris Shoot the Shit or something like that. <laughs> and we were talking, just, you know, talking about whatever, and we were talking about movies we had seen in the last six months. And we were joking around about Hunger Games and how everybody in our podcasting group would die Hunger Games style. Because uh, there's, like <laughs> there's like 20 podcasters in our group. so. And um, my death was I would drown in the cum of my male harem. Nice. Wow. <laughs> of my actor male harem. Nice. So that was, that was my death. So yes, there is Tom Hiddleston and Sebastian Stan and then a Cumberbatch over there in the corner. Nice. <laughs> so what did I like? They're, they're just preparing. They're they're storing up and getting ready for the for the full release later on down the line. I guess. <laughs> oh, this is gonna be a fun show. I know it already. Juan <laughs> <laughs> um, Marie's tweeting about magic juice. So don't uh, mind me and my magic juice love. Oh my god, are you tweeting our show right now? Maybe do it because I I won't be able to look at it until we're done. Um, <laughs> So uh, some of the things I liked about season 3A is I did like the Neverland arc. I felt like it was uh, constantly moving. And what I like about it is I tend to prefer character episodes over plot-driven episodes Mm because I'm a very firm believer you have to have character to drive to plot, and it's never a good thing when your plot's driving the characters. And so, like, I felt like there was so much character development. You know, we see someone charming, big, big bounds in their relationships. We see Emma really embrace being the savior and, and like we see ch- we pretty much everybody went through a change and i loved regina the entire time because she was the only one that had a lick of common sense <laughs> this is except when it comes I... to fashion choices for neverland she wore those big shoulder pads and stuff like <laughs> the, the that, jacket had to go the jacket that's not great go. great great attire for the jungle regina usually you're so, so fashion forward and you just kind of failed I just Listen, like how the actors. dollar jacket. It's okay. <laughs> I just like how they were like, yeah, the actors are totally going to be changing clothes in the scene, and I don't think anybody changed clothes except for Gold this entire season. Well, you know, and I think I re- didn't they go out of the way to say that they all specifically brought a suitcase so that their characters had to change? Yeah, when did the- they have time to pack though? Because we see them <laughs> jump like right tomorrow, jump in with Henry. And then we see them like watching, and Hook shows up, and they're like, "Oh, let's go on the boat!" Boat, and then suddenly Snow has a backpack. <laughs> like, when did well, they yeah, I, I, 
I remember uh, Emma talking specifically about this on a panel last summer, like right before the show came back. She was saying that uh, it wasn't in the script or anything. The prop people weren't ready for it, but they they grabbed like, you know, luggage and stuff to take on the boat with them just so they could maybe have a change of clothes because they had spent the beginning of last season in Fairytale Land in the Enchanted Forest, uh, Snow and Emma had, and they had to wear the same costumes the whole time. And they were like, okay, someone find a trunk or a bag or something and let's, let's get it in the scene. Well, they're not paying attention, you know. They don't care. Yeah. They don't realize how hard the fans analyze these things. <laughs> oh, no, they know. They know. <laughs> I once saw this thing. One of my friends pointed out, and I don't know, maybe it was you. I'm sorry if, if this if I'm repeating an old conversation, but they saw uh, promo pictures for the last episode of 3A, and they looked at Emma's pants, and they said, Emma wouldn't wear that. She lost her memories. And they were right. Just by looking at her pants. It was insane. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> what? <laughs> I love this fandom. <laughs> see, see, like, that's, that's like, right on the line of, oh, the costume designer was paying attention and uh, dead clock is uh, right two times a day. Kind of thing. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> You know, they could have completely called that. It could have been, you know, a number 23 situation where they're like two plus two plus two. Oh, Emma's pants. Oh, she has has no memory. Yeah. <laughs> and the, um, the other last thing I liked is I the little bit of Storybrooke we got. I, I really wanted more Storybrooke this season, but I, I really enjoyed that time that we had in Storybrooke. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. Well, it seems like, you know, I'll keep this... Uh, pretty spoiler free, but it seems like it's like a, that might be rectified in uh, 3B. Mm. So, but, thank goodness. And I don't think, Bill, I don't think I heard from you. What was your favorite episode? Uh, my favorite episode, it would it would be uh, what was uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Was it Think We're Lovely not good Thoughts? With episode names in uh, our world. I, I think Think Lovely Thoughts. It was the the Malcolm episode. Uh, just because I thought it was like. It was dark and tragic, and it gave a lot of answers, and it was entertaining, and uh, overall, I just really, really liked it. And just uh, how much he, he loathed his son, it, 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 it was just creepy. And I, I love, you know, when any fictional work can, like, just completely creep me out and make me doubt uh, my trust of anybody in this human race, you know? so mm. <laughs> And... Probably my favorite episode is probably Good Form, but the thing is about pretty much every episode, I had stuff that I liked and disliked about all of 3A. So it's hard for me to pick a specific favorite, but Killian is in my top favorite character, so I really liked him, and I really enjoyed the Tink episode, too. See, I liked those two, but I wanted more of both of them. Mm -hmm. I wanted more. I'm not fulfilled with their time on Neverland. I know we're not getting any more in 3B, but I want a flashback or something to tell us about their time in Neverland. Maybe oh, they girl. can do Once Upon a Time in Neverland instead of Wonderland next God, year. God, if we're yes. so lucky. Oh, girl. Sorry. Sorry. I totally wrote an entire article about <laughs> that exact free thing. <laughs> yeah, like, like, you know, that. about how if we didn't go back in the present, that's okay. But if we didn't visit again in flashbacks, that's a huge tragedy. It really is. We need to know where... There is so much character development with all of them that could come from that. And I don't know. I just, it would just I be an interesting happened. story, you know? Yeah, it really but would. It's just some nice one-off adventures set in the Once universe. 
Yeah, and they he... do love a good one-off adventure. <laughs> I mean, it's some. It's not out of the reign of possibility because uh, they always said with the spinoff that one season would just be one world, and then season two would be a completely different world if it continues. God, I hope it doesn't get canceled. Um, <laughs> they better so, I mean, do it right, but we'll talk. Yeah, I know they they shot themselves in the ass with that one. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, so maybe we'll, the we'll, Neverland could happen. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was always saying that we were. I wanted Once Upon a Time in Oz, but now we're getting Oz, so we're not going to be getting Once yeah, Upon a Time in Oz. That's the main stage attraction. That's not, you know, the side stage where, I don't know, John Lennon's son's band plays when the main <laughs> band is setting up. Yeah. Now, uh, let's talk about, as, since we're already starting to touch about that, what do you think could have gone better? Um, Anthony, let's start with you. Okay, well, I'm sorry, Bill, but I love to provide some foil to your favorite episode because actually I think Think Lovely Thoughts was my least favorite, primarily oh. because, I know, I'm so sorry to say it, <laughs> but for me, what annoyed me was you can tell that, and I thought that was probably one of the more plot-driven bits because I felt like it was out of Rumpel's character to withhold that, especially from Belle and such, well, whatever bell shadow thing whatever that whole situation was but he just he mentioned it on so many occasions and then just looking looking at stepping back and looking at the whole picture to me it just felt that the authors were like okay we have to you know dance around this subject so we know that rumple knows peter but it just didn't seem like a like even abusive father-son relationship to me so i kind of felt that was a rabbit out of the hat but that that's just me and i mean that that's fair like i two two points uh just one like bell is the person probably that rumpel trusts the most rumpel still doesn't trust her very much i think (laughs) two uh oh go ahead no that's it i'm just agreeing he's trusting yeah and two actually rumpel's role in the whole neverland Mm -hmm. situation was probably one of my least favorite parts of the season. He needed to stick with the main group. Yeah. 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 It it was like four episodes of him sitting on a log with fake Bell. (laughs) With fake Bell. By the campfire. Because, like, seriously, Regina was the only one that got shit done. (laughs) I wonder if he made out with the the shadow or anything like that. (laughs) (laughs) I just imagine, like, Marilyn Manson's really long tongue coming out of Bell's mouth. <laughs> the beautiful people. The beautiful people. <laughs> oh my god. Magic juice out the nose. Magic juice. Nice. You still have magic juice left, left I'm surprised. Not very much. So, I can't see the whole like uh, Pan being Rumpel's father thing being a big annoyance because that makes one other person on top of it related to henry the family tree yeah. oh dear everyone yeah. is related to henry i know very complicated oh like, like i actually uh you know early on in the season i kind of I, I was thinking that uh pan was going to be you know rumple's boyhood friend and they go off into an adventure in neverland and something goes sideways and rumple gets sent back or something i i would have liked that but i mean i like I said, you know, I really like the way it turned out too. But I can I can see why people ha- have issues with it, and they they probably could have handled it a different way that would have you know shut those people down, but ha- opened up a whole other group of people with a different set of issues. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. People I think have comments. I think my favorite comment about um, 
Henry's family is Michael Raymond James, who plays Neil, said in an interview, I don't even think Ancestry.com can get Henry's family. <laughs> <laughs> that sums it up. I was like, yes, I love Mikey so much. <laughs> All right, uh, let's keep on the boys. Bill, what were some of your least favorite parts of this of this season? Uh, stuff and things and junk. What did I put down here? Oh, yeah. Medusa. Um, yeah, Medusa <laughs> was awful. Like, that that was like a waste of a flashback, basically. That was a waste of an episode. That was a waste of an entire episode. That's mine, too. <laughs> that was yeah. horrible. Mm-hmm. And uh, as has been mentioned, I, re- I really wish that uh, they had uh, devoted a little more time to the background of Neverland. Like, we've got, like, two little flashbacks of, you know, Hook's early days there and Neil's days. Well, I don't think he, even Neil was involved, really. It, it just uh, – it felt like uh, it would have been a bigger payoff uh, overall for the half season if they had given us a little bit more background for these characters in Neverland, maybe presented us with, I don't know, a, a sword fight between Hook and Pan on a pirate ship, you know, that would be cool. Because, right. you know, that's mm-hmm. what you think of when you think of Peter Pan and Captain Hook, right? Uh, that would have been nice. I was waiting for that. <laughs> Every time that Pan and Hook were in a shot together, I was just like, is this going to be it? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, they never really even had a direct conflict. I mean, they had a little kind of like tete-a-tete, uh, why don't we try and negotiate something when uh, him and Charming were going up the mountain. But, uh, you know, they, they never really had a, even had a direct conflict. And you'd think for... You know the Batman and Joker of I don't know Fairy Tale Land <laughs> that uh, yeah, they, Joker. they might have faced off a little more, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, one other thing, I th- I thought that uh, you know uh, the Save Henry episode where they show uh, how Henry came to Storybrooke and stuff, it just felt a little too easy overall. And, and this it might felt be way too easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, 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 it might be a little me projecting my personal theories about how that might have happened onto the episode, too. But it just felt like, one, Regina just walking out of Storybrooke. It, obvious once they do it, right? But, you know, for months and years and everything, everyone was like, well, how did Henry get into Storybrooke? No one could leave. No one could leave. Not even Regina. No, Regina could just walk out. No problem. And, uh, what you, and it just... Uh, I don't know. I, I I did like the tie back into a John and Michael right at the end, but o- overall it just seemed a little too easy. It seemed like there should have been a little more complication, a little more scheming, a little more conniving, at least on Gold's part, right? Because I was I, I was claiming that August was involved somehow because he could come in and out of story. Break. Yeah, because he was yes. the only he was the only one in that time besides Regina who really knew what the the real deal was, right? Mm-hmm. And the only real explanation we ever got about that even came in season two. And like season two and Tiny, uh, it was when Cora and Regina and Hook were all talking, and Hook was like, "Well, can't we leave?" And Regina's like, "Yeah, but we'll lose our magic." I didn't even remember that conversation. Of course, I really don't like that episode. But mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, I blocked that entire thing out. So I was just like, I was incredibly confused about how Regina left this town. It, I would even just like a scene with her sitting in a car and just stepping over or like, you know, just stepping over the town line for the first time and seeing it Mm -hmm. affect her. I think that would have been a lot more effective. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're right. You're right. Like even if they had just put a little scene there when she went to get the baby, you know, that she could, could step over that line. That would have helped a little bit, make it a little clearer too. 
It would have been fun, though, if there was a scene where uh, Emma was outside, or uh, Regina was outside of Storybrooke, and she just happened to bump into Emma, and they were just like, oh, sorry, and they just, like, walked off. <laughs> and then, like, a few years later, just they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> and you know what? I, they they also, they, they never really gave us a solid answer on who wrote the book. And I thought that was supposed to be coming. I mean, we know kind of maybe I, I don't know. I think know. it just manifested. You think like it was just like I think it like... just appeared. It was built into the curse thanks mm-hmm. to the blue fairy. Mm-hmm. And it just appeared when the questioning began. Well, I think we It's I, not I, said, but this is, you know, Anne Marie's theory of knowledge. <laughs> I, I think we can all agree that the blue fairy knows way more than she's letting on at all times. Right? Absolutely. I can see that. Well, we're still on this part. Anthony, I don't think I ever have your theory about where the book come from, well, came from. Well, I remember. Oh, oh, sorry if I cut you off. Um, no, I just realized I had terrible grammar just then. It's <laughs> grammar Nazis. So but let's see. I remember when I was stalking the Once Upon a Time wiki page in season two, there was like a bullet list of all things that they were going to address. And I don't know if this was just poor journalism, for lack of a better word, on the wiki page's part. But I, <laughs> but I read somewhere there was like things that they're going to be revealed in season two, where the book came from, Jasmine, Rapunzel, blah, blah, blah. And then I remember they had that whole idea shift. And so they said in an interview that they had to take quote-unquote toys off the shelf so maybe that's Mm. why the whole book thing got messed up because it sounded like the book had this it was going to be a a major plot point and maybe Mm -hmm. it will be because it wasn't really discussed much because Mm -hmm. it it just appeared in snow white's attic one day at the perfect time but (laughs) who knows maybe there maybe the blue fairy had her hand in there i wouldn't be surprised i I definitely see more of that fairy conniving action See, I'm sure we won't hear much about this from them until they actually do the reveal. But I have a feeling that they they'd pretty much plan for that all to be machinations of August. And uh, now that August uh, is a child. Well, uh, in the actor left the show, I guess, uh, from what I've heard under not so pleasant circumstances, Kind of effed up circumstances. Uh, well, what were circumstances? Because I've heard something similar, but I don't know the exact reason. Oh, I just heard he wasn't happy on the show when he got a better offer, basically. I mean, I can understand. They totally shanked his character out of season two. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when he seemed like he was going to be so pivotal at the end of season one, right? Yeah! Yes! <laughs> and then he just vanished. Mm-hmm. So sad. So oh. sad when he just vanished. Dude, I'd be pissed off too. There's a reason we lost Ruby, though we it was tweeted the other back. day. Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> Is she? I hadn't heard that actually. Yes, that's, yes. We don't troll the twitters like we do. Yes, we we're Twitter trolls. Troll, troll, <laughs> troll the twitters. Now, uh, Emery, do you want to go first or me? I don't really uh, care. I don't know. Where are we? Well, uh, we're talking about our least favorite parts of season three. Uh, A becomes four. H go. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Don't do Can that. Can you guys me. both go simultaneously? <laughs> One, two, three. Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> no, you go, and then I'll jump in. All right. Because right. that's what um, I do. I have to agree with Bill. I questioned a lot of the flashbacks and why we were getting those stories, because sometimes it just felt like, well, Jenny and Josh are main cast. I guess we have to give them characters. And I feel like they do that a lot with those two. So they just have to push these episodes because it's in their contracts or something. I don't know. Okay, I'll buy that. Um, yeah. But, like, the ones I just didn't get is I 
I've been arguing for a while now that I'm really over Snow, Charming, Regina, Rumple stories, only because a lot of them are starting to get repeated. Like, I really didn't need the story about Snow getting her mojo over a sword. I mean, because it was the exact same story that we got in season one. We know she, she hates Regina. We know that there's this fight's going on. I didn't have to see her, you know, get her excitement about, let's go to war with Regina. I really didn't care. I was also really upset because we've been hearing about, I heard I read several articles about Simcoe Walls coming back, and mm. he was the guy who played Lancelot, and uh. his character right around that time got killed on Teen Wolf. And so I was just like, oh my <laughs> god, he's going to be Lancelot. So when I heard that there was going to be Excalibur, I was waiting, and I was waiting, and I was so disappointed. <laughs> yeah, that episode, really, they could have left that. I don't even remember what the, um, one, not Wonderland, Neverland version part of it was. Yeah, and even that's the problem. Like, if I can't even remember what was connected with that event, that something was missed. And then, like, I just didn't get Medusa being there. Like, it just felt so out of place. It had nothing to do with anything, and I really didn't care about the Charming's honeymoon at all. Yeah, and (laughs) And the thing with Medusa was they didn't even give her like a proper do. She was just kind of like the monster. You know, right? it, yeah. it, across the room, it, 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 there wasn't any. Who thinks any... of Medusa that way? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it, she's she's so good. Like, there's so much bet- uh, behind being. Uh, oh my god, I just totally blanked on what kind of creature Medusa. A gorgon. There's so much behind of like what a gorgon is and how to become a gorgon. Like, that's a story of itself. Yeah, and it, well, I mean, even using a character like that for a one-off appearance is good. But literally, she had like what. Maybe two lines, if that. I don't even know if she spoke. I don't know if there was lines. She she didn't speak. Yeah, she didn't speak. She was just kind of... In To use a character that big as far as, you know, global knowledge of the character and everything, and just kind of make her a freak of the week, you know, it just seemed kind of of off-putting, you know? Right, like, when they started that episode and mentioned Medusa, I got really excited because I... I love mythology in that sense. And then it was just like, this this was just a filler, wasn't it? <laughs> Anthony, what were you going to say? No, I was just agreeing because, you know, Medusa is such an iconic, you know, character because everyone, everyone knows, you know, Medusa, look at her, turn to stone. And it's exactly how you guys said. It just, it just felt it was filler. And I get this vision of, you know, in the fourth Harry Potter movie, they pass a bag around. It's like they re- reached their hand in and pulled out, okay, let's use Medusa this week. <laughs> so it's just upsetting. Also, I love Greek mythology as well. So, yes. You know. I just love that Adam and Eddie still deny, like, no, we haven't done Greek myths. Midas, Pegasus sails, Medusa. Come on, guys. Pandora's box. And Pandora's box. Yeah. Like, you guys are doing Greek mythology. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, it's just we didn't get so many scenes that needed to be in Neverland. Like, we still don't know what deal Hook made with Pan to get off the island. Yeah. Uh, we got no time of Bay in Neverland. We got him on the Jolly Roger, but not in Neverland. Right. And, but the one that bothers me the most is Tinkerbell and Peter Pan never had a scene together. And it's exactly how I feel about Archie in August in Storybrooke. Because when you have Peter Pan and Pinocchio never having a scene together, and then you do the same thing with Tinkerbell and Peter Pan never having a scene together, right. that's they're iconic literary duos. How can you not put them in a scene? Yeah, well, and I mean, you know, even with uh, just Peter Pan and Tinkerbell and everything, like, it, it, it's just, you know, so iconic and so, like, they, they basically denied you all of the moments you think of when you think of the character, which I can see a sense in... And kind of, you know, trying to turn around expectations and stuff like that. 
but you still kind of have to pay lip service to it, right? At least, yeah. You, you know, even if the I I don't know, like my example from earlier, the the sword fight between Peter Pan and Captain Hook on the pirate ship, even if it's like a scene, and then they're like, oh, let's team up or whatever, that's fine. Or you know, twist it after that, but you know, just have have the image there so you can I don't know. Put it on the pro. Put it out on the uh, promo circuit so I can grab it for our uh, album art for the episode. Yeah. And it was just weak writing. I mean, because Tinkerbell says, "Oh, Peter Pan, trust me." Well, we just have to, you know, go along with it because we have nothing to show mm-hmm. that Peter Pan actually trusts Tinkerbell. Like, we just have to agree with her. And instead yeah. of, and I had that issue a lot. Like in the Ariel episode, you know, I had a lot of problems with them just being like, "Yeah, me and Eric are totally in love." Well, can I see you guys falling in love? <laughs> That's what makes Skin Deep so good, because we see Belle and Rumpelstiltskin falling in love. Mm, right. And and it makes it, it gives it so much energy. But when you just tell me, like, yeah, I love that guy, I guess so. I have to believe you. Cause, I mean, that, and then, yeah. yeah, and that entire conversation between her and Eric was so stilted. Like, oh, it's you. It's you, too. We're so happy. And I, I've met Gil McKinney. He's so amazing, and he's He's happy and he's a great actor, and none of his costumes gives him any justice about how handsome that man is in real life. <laughs> just yeah. saying. And so, like, I was just really upset with a lot of the choices in writing and why they chose some scenes over other. And then Storybrooke, but I'll talk about that later. Yeah, but uh, like, uh, I, I think the general impression I'm getting here from everyone is that there was just a little bit of an unbalance. Like it was good over quality was 10 out of 10. The balance was like seven out of 10 for this season. Right. I, I would for, give for it five season. out of 10. I would have, instead of some of the flashbacks, I would rather have more present day story and showing what was going on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like you said before, it just reminds me of the whole mantra show don't tell because it's like you said, we're, we have to rely on sheer dialogue to understand these characters emotions. It would have been more efficient and wise to have us come to those conclusions on our own through a backstory or just more interactions mm-hmm. present. Mm-hmm. Anne-Marie, what about you? What were some of your weak parts? Oh, I think what I put in here was that I wanted more of the Killian and Hulk stuff together, um, which we kind of already touched on. I don't know, because I was just sort of jumping in on everybody. I think I covered myself. All right. I just want to make sure you got your I'm chance. good. I'm good. I feel good. Well, you can start <laughs> the next point. What are some okay. of the... All right, what are some of the fan theories that didn't pan out? Oh, get it, of course. <laughs> I said pan. So, Amory, why don't you start? See, and I feel bad because I don't really follow too many <laughs> fan theories. Sorry, I just looked at your note. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't really follow them because I think when I start listening to everybody else, I get confused, not confused, but overwhelmed in respect to my own theories and our theories that we talk about on the podcast. Yeah, I will, uh, greetings from storybrook.com, right? Right, greetings from yeah. storybrook.com has some amazing <laughs> theories. <laughs> but I know I really, really wanted Bill's theory of all of the news vans invading Storybrook to happen mm-hmm. because I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, yeah. I just like the them having to cover themselves from, like, quote-unquote normal people but I, that's what made Greg Mandel interesting in the first few yes before yeah, he found it, out like who it was before it seemed we like knew they were who going the heck that he way, was right? he was cool <laughs> like he was yeah. interesting before we knew who he was and then they killed him off like as soon as we found out thank god so upset <laughs> <laughs> very unceremoniously opposite reactions 
<laughs> yeah, it, it, they they, they uh, basically permanently killed him off with a line of dialogue when they mentioned that, you know, his entrails were spread about yes. the uh, Neverland. Yes. World. I feel like but he has a shadow flying around somewhere. I, I think that somehow Greg Shadow is going to somehow come back and help them. Because we see that Blue came back to life when Peter Pan's shadow was released. So I think, mm. I, I have an idea that the void between all the worlds is where the shadows and the raids and all of them lie. I think yeah. that Greg's somewhere in that kind of void because his shadow was released as well. But See, now he's there. I think his shadow is the new quote-unquote shadow of Neverland. Because Ooh. the shadow is dead. Mm-hmm. So Neverland is just a void. So I think Greg's shadow is the shadow. I like that. I like that. Like a dark one, but shadow. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. See, every now and then I have a good one, gosh darn But it. also the guy who who rocked the fuck out with Guar, Guar in uh, Empire <coughs> Records. Oh, yay. I love Ethan Embry. Mm. So, I, um, I've actually been kind of thinking that the Peter Pan shadow was actually, before Pan got there, was a good spirit. Like, it was a protector of children's dreams. Because Malcolm always said when he was a kid, he always dreamed of Neverland. Yes. And the shadow would be kind of, like guide people into the dream world and take care of children's dreams. Because the shadow even told him, like, this world didn't exist until you came here. Right. And so it was actually a good spirit, but it was forced to obey Pan. So now it's back doing its uh, kind of bidding, <laughs> its good dreamness. That'd be a good <laughs> tie-in. Like, I'm surprised yeah. they use that. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think they 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 have have the Sandman stuff right because that's a uh, Warner Brothers DC oh. and all that. Well, no, like the original Fable of the Sandman. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking Neil Gaiman Sandman. <laughs> Neil Gaiman did not invent the, <laughs> <laughs> the Fable of the Sandman. Trust me, I know that there was the Golden Age Sandman character. In oh, 19- here we go. Here we go. <laughs> and then there was also the, the one in uh, uh, Rise of the Guardian, Sandy. Yes, oh, yes, uh, the sleepy guy. Oh my god, I love I love that movie. That and I love that everyone's shipping Elsa and Jack Frost together. <laughs> See, but that's Dude. precious. That is so precious. Dude, there should be a Once Upon a Time uh, Rise of the Guardians crossover. Yes. Oh. Like, <laughs> I can, see Emma. can you imagine Emma's face if Santa Claus walked in? <laughs> Dude. Dude, ABC, if you want Once Upon a Time to get to season six, Christmas episode starring Santa Claus. Done. Oh, yes. Sold. Done. Print money. I, I think Emma would just be so done with everything. She would just throw a Henry <laughs> in her bug and whatever ship war is going on then, who's her new beau, and just drive out of town. <laughs> Who even knows at that point? Oy. I, I hope I hope actually the next shipping war is between two dwarfs, like Grumpy and uh, Sleepy or something. That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys, like, for a while ship Sneezy with Lacey on your show? Did we? Didn't yes, it? Was, you called it sleazy. <laughs> yes, I remember best, that now. Yeah, it was in season two when all both of them had amnesia. We didn't know, and uh, you shipped them together and called it sleazy. Sleazy, yeah. Oh, we're special. Um, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> nice. we're and, and it makes really good thematic sense for you know what was going on with Belle at the time too. So. Seriously, sleazy. All right. Well, I'm going to back in. Uh, Anthony, uh, what were some of your theories that didn't quite go the way you wanted for season 3A? Uh, you mean 3A, right? Yes, 3A. Right. We're not talking 3B series uh, theories okay. yet. 
I would say this is more of a theory put on hold because when I found out that they were going to do there was going to be another hook, a hook centric themed episode. I had a feeling that his story would follow like the paradigm of a fallen sailor or something along those lines. But honestly, I was anticipating him to either be related to Davy Jones or, you know, somehow becoming Davy Jones. I don't know. I still haven't, we still haven't seen that. I don't think that venue isn't exactly um, crossed off in terms of exploration because his last name is Jones. And I feel like that isn't a coincidence and I was I was hoping to see more of this realm that he's a part of. I don't even know what kingdom that's part of. So I was just kind of hoping to see more along the lines of that. See, like I I've been a little confused on that too. Like, is he is he is that just like the enchanted forest that he's in, or is it just a, another realm that and then he came back to the enchanted forest? Because I know he. I... He was in the enchanted forest, right? Because uh, him and Mila, he ran into Mila, obviously, I... and. I think it's the Enchanted Forest. I think the war he's talking about that the king is fighting is the Ogre Wars that Rumpelstiltskin's fighting in. Uh, because uh, they're in the same timeline because they're both old as balls. <laughs> <laughs> so, I know, I'm such a classic. But see, lady. Do we know how, how long the Ogre Wars went, though? Because, I mean, Very he long. went to Neverland, so that, in, you know, with the time dilation and everything there, if he was gone see, 10 years, don't... he was gone 50 years. We don't know how where Killian falls in Rumpel's timeline. We just know that Rumpel was Rumpel, and then when he met Killian, and then he was the Dark One later, and then shortly after that, they both went, uh, Killian went to Neverland. Mm-hmm. Now, I think the thing with the Ogre Wars that's so big it, that that kind of keyed me in good form is Liam and Killian were talking about how the King wanted to take out a species, not like a group oh. of people. They said species. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I think they were, uh, and it's it's kind of interesting because it's also kind of a version of chemical warfare because that's why they were trying to find the dream shade, and it's kind yeah. of like that okay. weird yeah. darker take on it. That Seemed plant cool. ended up being a huge plot point this uh, half season. Anyway, that was the, his brother's death was the dumbest ass death in the world. <laughs> hey, look, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, Actually, yeah. So it's like, don't do the thing. This. I'm gonna do the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Just to throw out, too, a lot of people were really upset with it because it was such a trigger warning for something. People, because he cut himself on his wrist. Mm. Oh. So it was a huge trigger warning for a lot of people as well out there. And I was like, there's a lot more better ways. Like, maybe he, like, was just kind of kidding around and fell on it or something. Right. But, like, just be like, hey, I'm going to do this thing. Don't do that. Oh, well, brother, sorry. <laughs> just take, like, a bite of it. And dead. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, I guess, oh, that leaves me. <laughs> oh, yes, I run a podcast. So, um, the biggest thing that really just upset me was, and pretty much everything with the home office, um, I can see why they made it pan and why they did all that. It was just the fan theories about the home office were so much better than what the home office actually was. <laughs> the home office ended up being crap. And just because they gave us such specific... No, I think when Greg was first there, because you can see the clear change in direction when, like, Cora died. Totally. I, when Cora, Greg first came there, I think they were building it to be something, because they gave us such specific details, like Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Right. Like, uh, and, because you guys know what Carlisle, Pennsylvania is? Like nothing, yeah. It No, it's a military town that trains high-ranking generals in the Army. Oh. Yeah. And so, I mean, they, so I think they were originally building it to be something so much be- bigger. And I, I wanted kind of like what Bill wanted with like all this outside world coming in. 
And I wanted a three-way war between Storybrooke, the Home Office, and King George. Because with all these major players like the Charmings and Regina there, and King George is just like, hey, why don't I take over this town while everyone is gone? Yes! (laughs) The whole King George thing really bothered me. Like, he had, like, one episode and then, gone. See, it depends on how you take it, though. Because if you watch uh, Child on the Moon, he just walks Uh off into the night. But yes. in the deleted scenes, he's actually chained up in the mines. Uh, the Charmings have him kept down there. See, and I haven't seen any of the deleted scenes. So I'm... That is the best scene of Tiny. Because there's a point <laughs> where King George looks at David and goes, There is darkness in your heart, Prince Charming, and it <gasps> will come for you. <gasps> it was the best scene of Tiny. I'm going to save that freaking episode. Thanks for to download. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. See, yeah. you, you know, one thing, one thing I, I'm just going to jump in here and steamroll over all of you. If, I hope that's okay. Do. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, uh, which a hot steamroller from Bill Mix. <laughs> oh God, I'm so sorry. Wow. <laughs> wow. 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 <laughs> Wow, Still wow, be wow. my friend. <laughs> now I'm trying to remember what my original point was. Yes, I I stopped you. No, it felt, it felt like either they just had a huge change of heart, or somebody came in and put uh, their boot on the back of their neck. As far as like where it seemed like the show was going at the end of season two, and where uh-huh. it was actually going by the time season three started. Well, they got rights for se- for Neverland about halfway through season two. The last and that's when that two. probably took off because yeah, I know they've been fighting for that from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we'd have faulted them if they wouldn't have gone to Neverland. Anthony, uh, part of me actually thinks, and this is more—I don't know. I think this is just me, just really liking Captain Swan or something. I don't know. But... Ah! <laughs> Hashtag Captain <laughs> Swan. No. <laughs> Hashtag Emma needs no man. (laughs) Hashtag how Emma got her groove back. (laughs) You were saying, Anthony, I'm so sorry. Sorry, sorry. Uh, So Captain Hook was a recurring or guest character or something. But even like as a guest character, he had more appearances than people who were slated as mains, like Red and Belle. So I think that... They didn't anticipate the fan reaction to be so great, so they just kind of took him and run with it. And yeah. that's just what I think, I guess. Uh-huh. But yeah, I can definitely see that too, especially because I, if I, because we cover uh, ratings every week at greetingsfromstorybrook.com. And, uh, <laughs> you, you know, I, I remember uh, last season, like right towards the end, the ratings were going, so I think they were like, okay, whatever people are loving, let's really, really focus on that. And then let's find something else that they like, and let's focus on that in the next half of the season. Which is why we're going to Oz, which I love. Although I know I know they've wanted to go to Oz for a while, too. I'm a little bit scared about um, going to Oz, though, because Wonderland is... Wonderland and Oz are like my two of my favorite literary stories. Like I've grown up with Wizard of Oz, I've grown up with Alice in Wonderland. And so I'm as the way Wonderland has gone, it makes me really scared about going to Oz. And there's just one thing, like I'm so and we'll talk about this in theories in a minute, but I'm so set on one theory that if it does not happen, it would <laughs> greatly determine whether or not I keep watching the show. You know what? I bet you I could outline your entire theory right now, but I'm gonna. We'll, we'll wait. I'm pretty sure I've emailed it to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> my 
My last point, did you guys ever notice that Regina at any point in time uh, could actually invade Storybrooke with an army? Oh. Just because all of her soldiers got transported too, or yeah, I yeah. noticed that last time I watched the pilot that her entire all her soldiers got sucked up in the curse and are now chilling in Storybrooke. It feels like unless you're a main character, you're like hiding from everyone else from Fairy Tale Land. That we see in the episode The Evil Queen that a lot of them actually like working for Regina and like bullying the peasants. Mm-hmm. So even if she doesn't have an army, she could at least have a militia. A little, a little something, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Some guys out in the woods waiting, watching, which I guess is, you know, hewing pretty closely to, you know, their role in fairy tale answers. Anybody have any last points about 3A before we start jumping into 3B? Oh, yeah, me. Uh, Because you never actually (laughs) talked to me about fan theories. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm I'm heartbroken. Well, it's okay. You tried to kill me in your last episode. I did. And I gave you you a big uh, steamroller, too, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but let's see here. Panry. I like when between when Henry's, you know, soul or whatever went into Pan's body uh, for like that week, week and a half or whatever that was going on. Everyone was like, is he going to be, you know, the new Henry, you know, from here on out? <laughs> I'm really disappointed that didn't go down because I hate Jared Gilmore. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't hate him as a person. He he seems like a perfectly nice kid, and I think he he might grow grow into the role in this next half season for sure. Because God, I hope you, so. Sorry, you saw hints of that in the the latter half of three A. But you know, I, I I loved Robbie K so much more than I I, I tolerate J- Jerry Gilmore. Yes, and it would have been so great to just have him stick around for the rest of the series, but. You know, that kind of breaks my heart a little bit, but I'll, I'll deal. The only thing I want to know what was happening, because when I actually just noticed it when I was watching Going Home last night, when Pan and Henry finally switched back to their regular bodies and they're all running around trying to find Henry, uh-huh. Henry comes out of the clock tower. Yes. That means Pan was in the clock tower. Who's yes. in the clock tower? Yeah, Maleficent. Yeah. But isn't that the last known location of the dagger as well? Yeah. Uh, ooh, that's a good point. I never thought about that well, way. There, there's all sorts of stuff uh, in the library in Storybrooke. Like that's where that's like, library slash I don't know Maleficent's den, or if we want to call it that. That that was like Regina's uh, secondary safe house outside of the uh, the grave. Yeah, uh, you know, for all of her business. So what was Pan doing in there? Who knows? But if they ever bring him back, I'm sure we'll find out. Like that, that was one thing. Him back. That Sorry. was one thing that, that I kind of keyed on uh, watching the, the season finale was just like he, he was in the clock tower. He wasn't just high. He had to be up, be up there for a reason. Right. Anthony, any last things about 3A? Um, I will say one thing. Whoever choreographed the dances, I hope gets either more training or does not have a job again. <laughs> I feel bad, but the dances were painful. Am I, is it just me? Are you talking about, like, in the aerial episode? In the aerial episode, around the campfire. I mean, you oh, had the yeah. dance in The Miller's Daughter, which was fantastic. I thought Cinderella's <laughs> dance was nice, but oh my gosh, it was painful. See, I was too busy looking at their terrible 80 prom dresses because I don't know what the hell Snow and yeah. Ariel were wearing I in that. I don't know what that was. <laughs> you know what? I, I literally a piece of cloth wrapped around them. And that was the first time we've seen Snow White in like a short dress above the knees. So it was like really jarring for her character. <laughs> for me. You know, I will say when you when you said choreographer, 
right into my head came the image from the aerial episode. So in Hope had that, I think, is a main image, too. So I think you're on to something here. I think you're on to something here. The aerial episode, I wish it was better. <laughs> Me, too. <laughs> the first half of it's so slow. Second half of it, awesome. awesome. Regina gets stabbed with a d- dingle hopper. <laughs> <laughs> See, like, I, I thought in the aerial episode, it's at certain points, Regina was over the top as Ursula, but I think that was more Lana trying to do, uh, oh, what was her name? The the woman who played the mom on She's the Sheriff who voiced Ur- Ursula, trying to do an impression of her or whatever. And it, 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 it just seemed almost too character, especially for Regina. Yeah, especially for the character. I don't know. Ariel's pretty simple. She might have needed to get it through her skull. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess you're right. You know, uh, they say, you know, the more iconic the portrayal, the more it resonates with people. So I guess if uh, Regina does the character uh, Ursula, you know, it might tie into Ariel's ignorant position more. Though so I'm wondering if we're going to get a vet Nicole Brown back as Goldilocks and um Ursula in mm-hmm. future seasons because she is Goldilocks in uh, uh, Good Morning Storybrooke. Yeah. And then her character in this is a gold statue. So I I don't know. I hope I'm just not reading into that too much because I really enjoyed Good Morning Storybrooke and I love Paul Shear. I would love to have just <laughs> even just a segment of them on the TV in the background. Like that would just make mm-hmm. me so happy. <laughs> even if it's the one from the DVD, that's fine. Oh, uh, I, I would like an entire episode of just Good Morning Storybrooke because that was hilarious. Well, it <laughs> almost feels like, you know, over the summer when Community's future was uncertain, they got Yvette Nicole Brown in to do a couple things. And uh-huh. maybe they were going to have her do something more major. But then Community got picked up again. So and I, I, I'm pretty sure I, re- I saw a couple weeks ago that. Uh, another one more season for Community is looking pretty darn likely. So uh, we might not get to see her too much. It, it might happen though, because I was uh, talking to uh, I mentioned it to a cool brand. I was like, I really like Goldie and I enjoyed you as like Ursula. Mm-hmm. Um, she was just like, Yeah, Adam. And Adam wrote me. He was like, Really? And I was like, Yeah, Adam. <laughs> 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 and so we kind of together tag team Adam. Hey, right. hey. You know, I'm hearing you're very friendly with Adam these days. I'm not very friendly. I don't know why he follows me. Like, and it's always always so scary because like I sometimes forget that Adam's following me. (laughs) (laughs) And so like I'll just be tweeting, and it happened a few days ago, and I was talking about uh, not a few days ago, like one of the last episodes of the season, and I had mentioned how I didn't feel like it was really an ensemble cast, and out of the blue, a wild Adam appeared like a Pokemon. It's so true. He actually favorited when I called him a legendary Pokemon. He favorited that tweet. Nice. Um, he like wrote me. He was like, "What do you mean? It's not an ensemble." And I was so scared that I couldn't respond to him. And I even wrote, I think my answer was like, "I can't respond to this without sounding like a jerk." And he goes, "Okay, thanks for watching." And that'll be about it for this episode. I, I Thanks again, Hope, for having us on. It was such a blast. I, again, we're going to be putting out another special episode probably tomorrow, uh, which would be Thursday or Friday of this week, with a special interview uh, from Lytheris.com, I believe the website is, that we did a few months ago that kind of give you some insight into us, into the show, etc. And we'll be back for Wonderland on Saturday and for the regular Once Upon a Time show on Monday evening. 
Uh, so uh, until then, greetings from Storybrooke. 